let's go to uh, Mark chapter 1, and, and I want to look at, I mean, why should we be happy? I mean, it just seems like a lot of times um, we, uh, we get into a, uh, a feeling that uh, when somebody mentions Jesus or whatever, or whatever, or we mention God, it's like, oh, no, we, it, we don't want to. In other words, it, it may not be good news or whatever. And, that, and that's ridiculous because Jesus should have called it something else instead of good news. Uh, that's what the word gospel means if, uh, if it was really bad news. But, uh, you know, it's not. So let's start in Mark chapter 1. <clears throat> and I was looking at this this morning, and I was just kind of casually going. Actually, I went all the way through the book of Mark. I mean, I didn't read it because I know what's in 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And I just scanned through there. And there were very few times that he actually was stopping and saying, uh, like, uh, the parable of the sower. The, so he's, the sower sows the word and really gave us some details and whatever. The story of the book of Mark was Jesus was healing everybody. He was forgiving everybody. The only time he would stop and say he needed to do something in particular, he would say, like, the, like we say, the golden rule, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't go into this big long thing that we think in our lives. We think, oh my goodness, I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop doing the other, whatever. If you love one another, in other words, love works no ill to his neighbor. And so if we're thinking, wow, okay, Jesus has already proved with the paralytic guy coming down through the ceiling, that was in Mark chapter three, I believe. And uh, oh, but anyway, he said, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And then he's healing all these other people, everybody that comes to him. And then the only thing he's telling his disciples is, tell everybody the good news of the kingdom of God. And oh, by the way, if you need something to do, here's what I really want you to be doing. This is what I want you to do. And that's to love one another. But we get worried about repent. I wonder what repent means. You know, I guess my life is such so criminal against God. Well, there's no way in this earth you are going to keep certain rules and get you into the kingdom of God. You're not going to get there by not doing this and not doing this. and what. It, we're only going to get to heaven by the blood of Jesus, by believing in Jesus. So anyway, Mark chapter 1, look at verse 14 and 15. Uh, now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, let's break that down. Gospel means good news. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, notice, it wouldn't be good news to me if I couldn't go. And Jesus is telling this to everybody, indicating, let's just say, we were the only ones there. We're, we're in a group of 5,000. He singles out Phil Mitchell. It's good news to Phil Mitchell because he is going to be a citizen of this kingdom of God. It's not like, well, it's good news because I'm telling Phil this, but it's going to be a fat chance if Phil ever gets there. No, this is so simple. Remember when the angel came and told uh, the shepherds, I bring you good tidings, no, good news of, of, of a Savior that's been born. You know, and it, it, Jesus is going to wind up taking away the sin of the whole world. We're not going to be able to pay for our own sins. Jesus is going to do it for us. So verse 15, he's saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and notice this, and believe the gospel. Well, again, if you will follow through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and listen to what Jesus says he wants you and I to do, you're going to find out that the key thing he wants you to do and to repent from is operating in hate toward one another. He wants you to love one another. You know, That's what he wants us to do. 
That's the reason the book of Romans says when you love one another, you fulfill the law. You know. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, so the other half of that is believe the gospel. Oh, no, b believe the good news. Now, what is the good news? Well, let me just explain what was hard for the Jews to accept. They could not believe that um, if you didn't keep all of the feast and you didn't watch all the special things you were not supposed to be eating and you, and you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath and a whole bunch of other rules, they could not believe you could get to heaven any other way. But Jesus came and said, I'm going to be the Lamb of God. You're going to need to believe in me and not the keeping of these other things that you see in the Mosaic law. In other words, Moses said, do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, the truth of that law was nobody could keep those things. And it pointed out our failures. And it was just to lead us to Jesus. The book of Galatians actually tells you all this. But the, the point is, is that our only hope is by faith in Jesus. Uh, <clears throat> which, again, would be, hey, good news. I mean, notice that before I go any further, I want you the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, or it's near. Repent ye, notice this, believe the gospel. Well, uh, let's go next to uh, Mark chapter 2. Look down here at verse 5. Mark 2 and verse 5, this is when that guy was paralyzed, and Jesus sees him coming down through the roof. They tore the ceiling up and brought this paralyzed guy in. Look, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, again, that is gospel. That's good news. Oh, the people. Look at verse 6. But there were certain other scribes sitting there and reasoning within their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now, that could have been that fellow. He could have been thinking that in his heart. I mean, how can I believe this guy? I mean, he's, you know, I mean, the help is right there in front of you. Jesus Christ, he's representing God. Remember, he is God in the flesh. And he says, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, your sin. I'll grant you one. He said, your sins are forgiven. This is good news. David wrote about this. Let's, let's go backwards about uh, uh, nearly a thousand years. He writes in Psalm 32, and he says, Blessed is the man whose sins are remitted, whose sins are covered. He said he's, he didn't say blessed is the guy who never made a mistake. He says blessed is the guy whose sins are covered. Well, how are we going to know our sins are covered? Well, David wrote as far as the east is from the west, so as he separated our sins from us. He also said it's a benefit who, he said in Psalm 103, just don't turn there, but just remember with me, who forgives all thine iniquities, that means he forgives all your sins, and heals all your diseases. Boy, you talk about what we see Jesus walking and talking. He forgave this fella, and he healed this fella. We, we think sometimes that I'm not going to get my prayer answered because I'm such a bum to heaven. I, Jesus can't possibly love me. Oh, yes, he does. All you had to do was exist, and Jesus loved you. Remember, he said he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you call yourself the very worst, even the worst Christian, guess what? Jesus is after you. Paul said, I was the worst one. Remember what happened to him in the book of Acts? Paul was out there going, are you a Christian? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to this town, and I'm going to rally up all these Christians. I'm going to have them all killed. And what happened to Paul? He's on the road to go to that town, and a light shines on him. And uh, <clears throat> he falls to the ground, and 
and Paul says, who art thou, Lord? <laughs> you know, and, and Jesus says, I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting. Paul would do not get things right. And Paul figured it out. And Paul went from there and he said, listen, if God can have mercy on me, he'll have mercy on anybody. Praise the Lord. And, and Paul said he was going to use me as, a, as an example. And I, I really believe he had. That's the reason we see it in a lot of uh, things that Paul wrote saying, listen, I was, I was chief among sinners and I got this mercy. Okay, so let's, in the same chapter, I'm reading from Mark chapter 2. Look down here at verse uh, 14. Uh, let's see. And he passed by, and he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. I like to call him Alphaeus, okay? Sitting at the receipt of custom. Well, what that means, he was a tax collector, okay? That was a despised position. Nobody wanted to see the IRS coming. Oh, no. Especially the crooked IRS, okay? And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Man, I tell you what, Jesus is out of his mind. You do not call people who are swindlers. You don't bring these people to church. You, you don't want heaven full of people like this. Well, that's surprising. No wonder this is called good news. I mean, we already have a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. Remember that guy? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. You know, he climbed up in the sycamore tree. The Lord he wanted to see. He was another tax collector. And buddy, when Jesus said, hey, come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house. This is in Luke's gospel. You can read it yourself. Man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Zacchaeus admitted before the Lord and all his friends. He said, if I have done wrong, I will pay sevenfold or fourfold, whatever it was. I will, I will repay. In other words, the goodness of God had blessed Zacchaeus so much, it made a good man out of him, you know. And that's what's happening, and that's all God's required of us. He really is. I mean, but, but to go out and think, well, I'll just be a good man and then not believe in Jesus, now there's a mistake right there because it's only the sacrifice of Jesus that's going to get you into heaven. We've got to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That's so important. But the rest of it sure is easy. <laughs> okay, uh, but anyway, watch what happened here. Verse 15. And it came to pass. That as Jesus sat at meat, in other words, he ate dinner in his house, in other words, this Levi's house, many publicans and sinners. You know, if I read this from the Living Bible, I'll just tell you. He says, swindlers. <laughs> he ate dinner with a bunch of swindlers. Well, watch what happened. <clears throat> and they also came together with Jesus and his disciples, and there were many <clears throat> that followed him. Verse 16, and when the scribes and Pharisees saw that he ate with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with publicans and sinners? Look at verse 17. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. Wow. Well, of course, they needed help too, because they were so haughty about it. Well, I cannot believe Jesus is talking to this man over here or eating with him. My goodness. He can't be the son of God if he's doing that. But apparently Jesus was. Praise God. No wonder this is good news. You know, Levi didn't tell his friends and go, look, I'm sorry, but we're going to have a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian preacher come over tonight, you know. Well, that's not what got these fellows' ears. They were all excited about it. Levi said, you're not going to believe who's coming to my house. And they all had this big party because Jesus was there. And Jesus didn't rake them all over the coals. You know, the only people we hear got in trouble was the ones outside saying, I can't believe Jesus, he went in there. 
<laughs> we don't hear anything about what Jesus said. So apparently the gospel must have affected uh, Alphaeus, which is Levi, son of Alphaeus, and affected all these other uh, tax collectors. And they must have figured out, you know, this is good news. This is what I was needing because how in the world am I ever going to get to heaven without mercy? And see, that's how we're going to get to heaven, by mercy. Remember the thief on the cross, the one on the right or whatever left, that said, Lord, remember me. That's all it takes. Lord, remember me. Wow. No wonder this is good news. This is just tremendous news, actually. Now go to the fourth chapter, Mark chapter 4. Look down at verse 16 here. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus is talking. Remember the story, the parable, the sower sows the word. Okay, the word is the word of God. It's Jesus going around. Everything he's saying is so important. You know, it's the word of God. You know, it's, it's God. We would be in a mess today if we didn't have God's word. Okay, let's just don't have a Bible. Man, we're, we would have no bearing. We wouldn't know who Jesus is. We, we, we would, it would be pretty hard. It's just like being deaf. You can't hear nothing. I've never heard a word in all my life. See how bad that would be? Okay. Jesus says here in verse 17. Uh, no, verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, look at this phrase, immediately receive it with gladness. Now there must be some good news here. Well, there is. Think about Moses. And all those Jews that came out from under Pharaoh, let's just call the last plague what it was, the Passover, the death angel that passed through. And mommy and daddy, what are you doing? Well, I'm putting blood on the doorpost. Why? Moses said that the death angel is going to pass through here and the firstborn. Guess what? You're the firstborn. <laughs> oh, and if I put this on here, you're going to be all right. Well, that child woke up the next morning and he was alive, but he heard the screams from the families nearby, other, other uh, Egyptians that didn't do that. And they were killed. But he was spared. Anyway, and all the other plagues that we saw that never touched the Hebrew children. I mean, their kids are nothing. Not, the Bible says not even a dog barked at the Israelites. And then they came out with all this gold. It was amazing. You know. So, uh, you know, it's not surprising that uh, all of the things when we think about serving God, it's good news. It, it's just surprising to me that so many times... People quit praying, you know. We need, we need to pray. When things go wrong, that should tell you, oh, turn the light on. Pray. You know, just when, when things are going and falling apart, you need to pray. You know, if you read the Bible, it, you'll actually understand that any kind of little trouble that come their way, if you'll just ask the Lord, he'll help you. He really will. So immediately they received it with gladness. So there must be some good things that we hear about um, God instead of the bad things that we uh, think must be taking place. Now, if you will, let's go to Matthew. Let's back up to Matthew. I want to come back to Mark, but I want to go to Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, and look at verse 46. Matthew 13, verse 46. Um, um, he's actually starting verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a <clears throat> unto a merchant seeking goodly pearls, okay? who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. Notice he didn't say, well, somebody made me buy this thing. I mean, it's like our government trying to make me buy things I don't want. <laughs> no, this was like I found something so fantastic, I sold everything and bought it. So it was joy, something about this. 
It was not, well, I had to, you know, I was raised a Christian, so I got to be, I got to love Jesus. Listen, when you understand Jesus, you will completely be happy about Jesus. Uh, look at verse 47. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is likened to, uh, uh, let's see, it's likened to a, uh, uh, it's like into a net that was cast in the sea and gathered every kind. Oh, hang on just one second. Let me back up a second. Uh, oh, verse 44. That's the one I want, you, want us to get. 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in the field, and which a man hath found, he hides, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I mean, Jesus needs to quit trying to parallel stories about great joy and Christianity if, if we're just not supposed to be happy. Let me tell you, it is great joy. It is so great joy that when people threatened the lives of Christians, say, well, listen, well, if you serve Jesus, we're going to kill you. It did not stop the people that were martyrs. They were like, listen, I'll gladly die for Jesus because Jesus died for me. I know what Jesus means to me. Not just something that I firmly, you know, believe on the inside and I have no support. No, Jesus has helped me here. Jesus has helped me there. Jesus this, Jesus. I mean, and you can't rip it out of people. You just can't. Uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. You know, if you go to Revelation, you back up about five or six books, you'll find Hebrews. It's a big book over there. And let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, actually, Hebrews 10 is where it is. Hebrews chapter 10, and look at verse 32. I mean, where do we get so happy about Jesus? Well, that's because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to be happy. If we're not happy, he's going to get involved with you. He's going to ask you in the nighttime. Now, why is it that you're not happy? A lot of times it's our misbelieving. We're believing the wrong thing. A lot of times we think God's creating our troubles. And when you find out that God's not creating your troubles, you've got somebody else creating your troubles. And when you find out that Jesus will actually help you, you will begin to be happy. Now, in, the, in Hebrews chapter 10, look down here at verse 32. He says, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, in other words, you first believed in Jesus, okay? The light got turned on. You endured a great fight of afflictions. In other words, you were so persecuted. I mean, it could have been Paul at that time <laughs> coming to your house. Do you believe in Jesus? Well, I'm taking your kids or whatever. You know, the soldiers are coming. If you're going to serve Jesus, we're going to take all your furniture. We're going to take all. Oh, it was terrible. Look at verse 33. Partly while you were made a gazing stock. In other words, people were looking at you lose everything because you believed in Jesus both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became panions of them that were so used. In other words, you stood up for, let's just say it was Paul when he was in prison. They were hauling Paul away, who believed in Jesus. And you said, well, they need to haul me away too, because I believe like that man. I believe in Jesus. You might come get me. I'm going to prison too. What am I doing out here? I believe in Jesus. In other words, you associated yourself with people who gave their life to Jesus. Now look at the next verse. <laughs> He says, verse 34, for you had compassion on me in my bonds. In other words, I was a prisoner. And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Remember, spoiling is an old English word for the bad guys came in and they robbed you. Okay, You took joyfully, in other words, when you lost everything, knowing that in yourselves you have in heaven a better 
and oh, oh, excuse me, a better and an enduring substance. Wow. What is it I know? What is it that's making me happy? Remember Jesus said, don't lay up your treasures here on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay them up in heaven. He didn't say, well, we're just going to just act like there's something because it's really not true. It's, it's sort of a dream. No, it's really true. We are all in the kingdom of God. When financial trouble hits us, no matter what's going on, uh, we still have the heavenly resources to help us out. And it's true if we will but just ask. Psalm 23, verse 1 is a very financial scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What that means is I have everything I need. That doesn't mean I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just supposed to be happy because I, I'm broke. No, he's saying that the income will come in. And I have to look back at my life. I've had some financial horrible things hit me, but by the time I thought it was going to really get me, it never showed up. And I have nobody to blame but Jesus. Jesus got me out of every one of those troubles. He, I, I cannot go to bed at night and think that it just, it just somehow worked out. No, it didn't. Because I believe in Jesus. I mean, we all do. And I have given my heart to him. And I've asked him, just like I've seen in the scripture, other people come and say, Lord, I'm in some real trouble financially here. Would you please help me out? <laughs> and Jesus would do it. And I've noticed he'll do it for me. I, I, I can't deny it. It just, it just follows me around. And so verse 35 here says, Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. In other words, don't give up hope. When things are really looking bad, don't give up hope. Hang in there. Don't let it go. Just say, I am going to stay with Jesus. I'm not going to worry about this stuff. The Lord's going to have to help. So again, this would make us be happy, wouldn't it? It's like, okay, all right. And we really all, I don't care what, you know, if somebody had a problem this morning, and we mentioned, you know, Richard, before we go, uh, I got some bad news. Well, you tell us the bad news, and then what are we going to do? We're going to sit there and go, boy, that's bad news. No, what we're supposed to do then is pray. It's pretty easy. If it's broke, we say, well, Lord, uh, we're asking you to fix this problem. And, uh, and so the Lord will fix it, and next time we meet, you'll have the story to tell us, and it'll, it'll just be great. I mean, he, he, sure, he sure will. Uh, let's go next to um, Mark chapter uh, chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you can find Mark for me real quick. Mark chapter 12, and look down here at verse 28. You know, if, I, if I'm lying, I'm just as crazy as anybody. But as you read your Bible, you're going to find out, you know, Jesus is telling the truth. He wanted everybody to be happy. But he also told them, listen, <laughs> you're going to have to believe in me, and you're going to have to believe the things that I say. See, Nicodemus came to him at night. He's the one that Jesus said John 3.16 to. You know, God's the love of the world. He gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus came to him at night because he was scared. He was a little worried that, man, if I talk to Jesus, I'm going to lose my job. Because, G because Nicodemus, he worked as a, he was a ruler of the synagogue. In other words, he was a preacher. For the Jews. And Jesus had to tell him, he says, now you're a teacher of the Jews, and you're asking me? And he said, I'm telling you heavenly things, and you won't believe. I'm telling you, some of the things that uh, 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 Jesus was having to tell Nicodemus, it went completely opposite to what Nicodemus thought uh, uh, was the way it was. But that's not true. Uh, Jesus was right. Mark chapter 12, look at verse 28. 
Mark 12 and verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered well, asked him, what's the first commandment of all? So in other words, this guy's trying to test Jesus. Well, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus answered and said, first of all commandments, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, do you have trouble with that one? I really don't. That's kind of easy. Jesus wanted to know the greatest commandment was there's one God. Well, I don't have a pocket full of, uh, of witchcraft and a bunch of uh, uh, other things and a bunch of other religions. No, when I walk out of here, I believe Jesus is my way. He's the only way. It's pretty simple. Verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Well, this is pretty simple. I need to walk out of here today thinking what the greatest thing is, is to know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one God. There's only one. Jesus here in the flesh is telling us that it's him. Uh, he told the woman at the well, he said, I am he. In other words, he said, I'm the Messiah. He told Martha that. I know when the Messiah comes, you know, uh, he will show us these things. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyway, the next thing he says was love your neighbor as yourself. I know at times I stumble over that, but I try to. I do my best to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus, is this all you want me to do? Yeah. That's what he wants me to do. Praise the Lord. Oh, uh, you know, that, that would mean this is good news. Look at verse 32. And the scribe said unto him, well, master, thou hast said the truth. There is one God, and there is none other than he. And to love him with all thy heart, and, and with all thy understanding, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Wow. When Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from what the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst or dared ask him any question. Jesus said, you know, if you do that, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. You know, those are two simple things that I can do. Believe in Jesus and then love one another. I don't, not, I don't need to add any more rules to my life. Well, I can't ever miss a Sunday. If I ever miss a Sunday, well, we have all missed Sundays, you know. You know, and then if you, you know, if you, if you believe you're supposed to go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, then well, now you're really in trouble because I don't come on Sunday night, I don't come on Wednesday night. Well, beating yourself up. Now I'm really worried, am I supposed to worship on Saturday? Oh no. The true Sabbath is on Saturday and I've broken all that. Don't worry about that. If you've been reading your Bible, you would have run across Colossians. It says, let no man judge you concerning meat, drink, or holy days, you know, or new Sabbath. I mean, all those stuff, all those things were done away with in Christ. Jesus took care of all of the, shall we say, rituals that you need to perform. He took care of every one of them. And when you think about that, it's like, whoo, that's good news. I don't have to worry about those things. What does he want me to do? Believe there's one God, and I owe it to my neighbor. I have to love my neighbor. Do something about that. Yes, I can, I can quit being so selfish in my life and think about somebody else. And I know while you're trying to help others, you can't because you've got a problem. There's some sort of, I'm worried about, oh, oh wait a minute. I'm going to ask Jesus to help. Yes, ask Jesus to help you, and then guess what's going to happen? He will help you, and you're going to find it easy to be nice to those around you or tell them about the same Lord that's been good to you.
Uh, let's go to Acts chapter 8 here. In Acts chapter 8, just a few more minutes here, and we'll stop. Acts chapter 8, we're looking at why should I be happy? Well, kind of like, this is a happy message. Not my message this morning, but the story of Jesus is the happiest ever. It's like, praise God, all I've got to do is believe in him. Okay, Acts chapter 8, and look down here at, uh, let's start verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Notice he didn't say, well, they'd already heard. No, this is brand new. He preached Christ. This is Acts 8, verse 5. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with him. And many taken with palsies, that means they were paralyzed, and that were lame, they couldn't walk good, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Now, I don't understand that because Jesus makes us all unhappy. Jesus, when he gets there, he condemns us so bad. We just, we, uh, I feel so bad, I don't even want to go to church anymore. No, that's not what Jesus does. <clears throat> when Jesus gets a hold of your life, when you start believing in Jesus, unless you're believing the wrong thing, there's great joy. Now, go to the book of Revelation. We'll stop at this last verse. Revelation, I want you to back up one book. It's called the book of Jude. <clears throat> Oh, you got Revelation, and just before chapter 1, you'll see a little small book called Jude, and it's, it's the 24th verse. Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Wow! Present you before, before God with so much joy, you're excited. What's all this about? Let me tell you something. Jesus wants you happy. He took care of everything that could make you unhappy. Don't you remember the book of Revelation says he'll wipe away all tears? He wasn't kidding. It's the truth, praise the Lord. So uh, 